Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we've actually been traveling around the Philippines for the last month. We started in Manila, covering the northern Philippines. My wife's actually originally from the Philippines, so we've been visiting uh, her parents, her family, who are in the area called La Union area called Baguio. I'm actually working hard to produce my first kid's book, which is being released this Father's Day. Uh, so make sure you grab a copy of that one. It's at uh, daddyblogger.com, Amazon. And uh, as we're traveling and working, we also continue with a podcast series. We're currently at over 400, over 400 different interviews. And uh, we're going to keep going. Our next big milestone is obviously the 500th episode. So if you know in the show, uh, send them my way. Uh, you know, if they're internet marketers, world travelers, uh, digital nomads, uh, we'd love to feature them all. And you, you can find out us at digitalnomadmastery.com. Um, so on today's episode, we actually have an amazing uh, world traveler who's... Uh, and as uh, travel bloggers, I think this is an area that's very important, especially in the day and age we live in now. You definitely need to get better. So I'm really interested in uh, finding out some tips from our guest today. Our guest today, uh, his name is Kier. Kier, just beer, K-E-I-R, and in Briscoe. Kier Briscoe, uh, he's a travel blogger, photographer, videographer, and a world traveler. So uh, British Columbia, just like me, but he's in uh, the U.S. currently on a work project. Uh, so Kier, how are you doing over there today? Uh, doing thanks. Uh, doing good, Ricky. Thanks very much. And uh, I just want to apologize to everyone in advance. Uh, they might be safe as a digital nomad, especially a digital nomad in a remote part of the northern Philippines means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. So I'm going to hashtag the Wi-Fi and I'm going to not take any responsibility. So hashtag blame the Wi-Fi if we have any hiccups or delays. Uh, so, uh, why don't you share a little bit more about yourself for the people who are listening and watching here today? All right. Well, um, I was working in Chicago up until the end of 2014, at which time I decided to uh, start traveling. Um, I had a great job here, but it was just really stressful. And uh, I just wanted to spend more time exploring the world and doing what I wanted to do instead of making money for other people. So I went back to Vancouver to get my Canadian residency again. Uh, I needed to get that in order to get insurance for traveling. And from then, um, I headed off to New Zealand, uh, went through India, Southeast Asia, um, headed back over to Cuba, went to Europe, um, taken some about the last 10 months off and hung out around Vancouver. And I'm just starting off on a new trip. Um, headed through U.S. a little bit, and then I'm heading over back to Europe. And this time, I'm going to go through Eastern Europe, starting up in Lithuania and zigzagging back and forth until I get down to Greece. So, out of all of these travels you've traveled, I would love to hear some of your highlights. Um, what places, what experiences, what memories have really left a lasting impression on you? Well, I would say the best part about traveling is the people that I meet along the way. Uh, for one thing, it also gives me 
people to visit when I continue traveling. So for instance, in two weeks, I head to Ireland and I'll be hanging out with some friends that I met while I was in Laos. Um, as far as favorite places, I really like Thailand. Uh, Cuba was outstanding. Uh, I spent some time in Amsterdam, which is really awesome. And uh, yeah, those would probably be my favorite places for now. But, um, you know, things change. I haven't been to a lot of places, so who knows? I might get some new favorites. Best favorites are the ones you have yet to see. So uh, I can definitely really Tell us also about the work side of things. Uh, what, are, what kind of work projects and uh, uh, businesses are you running to fund your travels? Well, uh, I've got a couple travel. I've got a travel blog and a photography blog. And I'm just starting to uh, get into YouTube now. Um, I've got a few affiliate marketing uh, things set up, like with Amazon, Adobe. Um, <clears throat> there's a uh, another. There's a software one. They used to be called MacFun, and they just changed their name because they now make software for PCs as well. I just I can't remember the new name they they transferred to. But um, uh, yeah, so far uh, it's basically been that. I've gotten a few um, a few requests for collaboration. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks and i'm investigating those it's it's something i've never really come across before uh i'm i'm glad that i'm getting those requests it means i'm actually my my i'm getting heard by somebody <laughs> so uh yeah right now i'm i would say i'm still on a learning curve as far as continuing to uh generate more money of your blog. Uh, tell us about when did you start the blog? Uh, what are the major themes and topics uh, you've been writing about? All right. Well, the travel blog, I uh, started, I guess, in 2015. And mostly, I just talk about the experiences that I have, uh, go over some of the places. Um, and then experiences like um, one of the blog posts I did was uh, on my first aid kit. Um, I always carry a first aid kit, although I've never had to use it on myself, but I have patched up many other travelers. And so I just did a, I just did a, a review of what people should be carrying and such like that. So the things that happen in my daily lives is, is basically what I cover on that blog. And then I have a photography blog where <clears throat> it started off, I would post one photo per day. Um, and I did that for about a year. Um, but uh, honestly, it, that started to become really overwhelming. <laughs> so I've cut back on that one, and uh, I still do post on it, but I would say I'm posting on Instagram more. And that blog, I, I, um, I usually say a little, have a little blurb about uh, where the photo is, why I took it, and sometimes I'll go into the settings or the techniques that I used in order to photograph it and or edit. So, in terms of photography, tell us about uh, what are your top tips? Whenever I get a photographer on our podcast, I love uh, picking my brain because for me, I'm definitely not a professional. I'm an amateur photographer who just uses my smartphone and uh, uh, it seems to do the trick. But I'd love to get into more, um, you know, taking better pictures. So, what are your top tips for us newbie or amateur photographers? Uh, well, the first thing. Um, I mean, people always ask, um, you know, what camera should I get for travel? And I always say, well, what camera do you have already? I mean, it sounds, it's a really stereotypical answer, but uh, the camera you have, even if it's your cell phone, uh, 
it's free, you already own it. <clears throat> the cell phone cameras today are taking the same quality of photos that professional cameras were taking 10 years ago. So um, when people say, oh, I only use a cell phone, um, I can point them in directions where there's photographers that exclusively shoot on their iPhone and it's, their, it's astounding photos they're making with them. So I would say uh, the most important thing is to know your equipment. If you have a fancy DSLR, <clears throat> get out and shoot with it and learn it and, and know how to use it. Same thing, if you're shooting with a cell phone, learn how to use it. If you want more control, there's always apps you can download to give you more control over it. Um, but uh, that would be my main tip is really know your gear and uh, do what I don't do, which is uh, don't carry a lot of gear. Um, right now I'm traveling, I've got uh, a DSLR, a mirrorless and six lenses, um, as well as a gimbal. Um, and then, you know, batteries, battery chargers, uh, it's, it's not my preferred way to travel, but, um, I would say get a good, uh, zoom that covers, um, you know, a wide range. So you can just have one lens. Um, and you know that typically that lens isn't going to be phenomenal at any one thing, but it does everything very good. And I guess the last thing I would do is don't focus so much on, um, on what you think are going to be spectacular photos. Instead, as a travel photographer, photograph what's close to you. You don't need a huge zoom lens. Um, when you go back, if you photograph what's close to you, when you go back and you're looking over the photos, these are all the memories that you have anyway of the items that were around you and the scenes that were around you. I mean, yeah, if you go to India and you go to the Taj Mahal, take a photo, but realize that the photo you take has been taken by literally millions of people. And you'll look at it and go, oh yeah, another photo of the Taj Mahal. But um, if you photograph, you know, your breakfast in the morning or your hotel room or where you're staying, those are the kinds of photos that will trigger the memories um, of your travels. Great tips, great tips. So it's one thing to obviously take the great picture to do post-production and get it out there into uh, social media, Instagram, et cetera. So tell us about um, your process. I'd love to uh, kind of um, go ahead and learn about your process in terms of taking the picture and then editing it and then getting it out there. Walk us through what's going on in your mind and walk us through the logistical process. Um, well, a lot of what I've shot while traveling is landscape and um, I'll do long exposure and high dynamic range or HDR photography. So I carry a tripod in order to keep the camera still. And um, again, I don't suggest most people do this. I mean, I would say carry like a Joby, a little, a little tripod that you can set up anywhere. Um, I carry a full size tripod. Uh, but then I'm, I'm shooting at a different level. Um, once I, I shoot, I typically will use um, Adobe Lightroom. to uh, That's the catalog software that I use to keep track of everything. And from there, I, if I'm doing HDR, I will export that to um, whichever HDR app I, I want to get the look for on that image. Uh, and then I'll also export to Photoshop to do more serious editing. 
the nice thing about Lightroom is that when you do these, uh, when you send the photo to different applications, as soon as you save it, that save is brought right back into Lightroom. So it makes file management really easy. Um, and then from there, um, I typically have a folder which I call interesting images and I'll drag my favorites into that folder and then over time I'll review them and either tweak the edits some more. I allow myself to come back to that image several times to see if it needs improvement um, or if I just want to throw it away and, and not use that. And then from there, I will um, upload it onto uh, WordPress or Instagram. I rarely post anything directly to Facebook. Um, it's just, I don't find Facebook is a, a solid platform in order to uh, put important things. Because <laughs> uh, they can change, they change their, they change their structure and their features regularly. And they can just make something disappear and then all your work is gone. So I will typically post to Instagram, WordPress, and then repost that onto Facebook. Awesome. Thank you. Curious to know, when you're posting on social media, uh, your blog, how do you actually pick? Because I assume, uh, I almost know that you take tons and tons and you probably discard 90% of them, but still you have too many pictures. So how do you actually choose the right ones to make public? Oh, excellent question. Um, uh, typically, there, I mean, there's, there's some shoot shots that I just shoot from the hip. Like if I'm doing street photography, uh, it's, it's kind of just gut feeling. Um, with, with landscape photography, a lot of my stuff is really pre-planned. And yeah, I'll shoot, I'll shoot a lot of that subject and from different angles. And I just quickly go through them really fast and on my gut instinct, I'll give it a rating of three stars or nothing. And then I filter those three stars. And if there's lots of similar ones, then I just, again, I go through them again. I, I slowly narrow it down uh, to the one that I like. With the street photography stuff, I mean, the, things can go so wrong. I mean, everything is trying to get a precise moment. And a lot of times you shoot before and after and you know when you see the photo, if it's something that makes me smile or makes me happy or I go, ooh, that just looks really cool, that's something I'm going to elevate and, and try to edit. And if the edit feels like it's going good and I'm, I'm getting the results I want, then it'll get into my interesting images folder. And so it's, it's really an iterative process. I, I review and review and review and just kind of narrow things down. You definitely have a, a great system there, Kier. And uh, not only are you a prefer, but you're also quite passionate. Uh, so tell us about uh, your videos in terms of, are you using the same equipment? You mentioned all the stuff you're carrying, like gimbals and GoPros. And um, tell us, what are you using to shoot your videos? Okay, well, I'm really just starting on YouTube, so I don't have much posted there, but... Uh... On for video, I have a Canon 80D, which is an amazing camera because it's got a forward-facing screen. It's got amazing autofocus. Um, I would prefer to only have one camera, but uh, the Canon is great for video. And then for photography, I'm shooting with the Fujifilm X-T2. And unfortunately, 
the lenses that are available for the Canon are generally more uh, consumer level lenses. So the lenses for my Fuji are really high quality, really fast. And I, I just, the Fuji is just a more comfortable camera for me to use, but uh, it doesn't have a forward facing screen. So I never know if I'm in focus when I use it. I don't know how I'm framed, stuff like that. So uh, honestly, I wish I could find the perfect camera. <laughs> so I could only carry one, but it's just so hard to find the precise camera that does everything. And, and, and those requirements are different for every person. So, I mean, there really is no perfect camera. It's the perfect camera that fits your style. Is no perfect camera. That's why you need these multiple uh, devices. Uh, who knows in the future, maybe there'll be some genius who's gonna be the next millionaire or billionaire who will, who will create this device that can do what camcorder does, what a DSLR does, what all these different lenses does, what a smartphone does, and they put it all into one incredible, you know, super, super device. So I look forward to that being created. We're probably going to overlap in terms of what you covered in terms of photography, but uh, why don't you talk us through, uh, walk us through the process uh, in terms of uh, when you're shooting, are you shooting everything that captures your eye, and then what are you doing in terms of editing, and what do you, what's through your video mindset in terms of getting those videos out there on YouTube? Okay, well, um, yeah, when I'm walking around uh, and shooting, uh, typically it, it depends on where I am and what I'm doing. Um, I'll, if, I'm, if I'm going into town or if I'm like, and if I want to do street photography, um, I just bring like a, it's an equivalent 35 millimeter lens on the, on the Fuji. Uh, I used to travel with a different uh, smaller Fuji with a fixed lens that was really, it's tiny, which uh, I find is more under the radar. If you pick up a big DSLR and point it in someone's face, um, they, t uh, they tend to back off a bit. But if you have like the, the Fujis, the really nice thing about them is they, they look like film cameras. And so people don't take you seriously. They go, oh, that's so cute. They're, that person's still shooting on film. But it allows you to kind of um, get closer to them without, without um, bothering them or without uh, catching their attention. Uh, when I'm shooting landscape, yeah, I'll, I'll walk to a location and really, you, you, ideally, you want to walk to the location, photograph it, and then come back multiple times at different times of the day to catch different light. And you just kind of go, oh, well, that angle over there might look good. So you, you walk over there and, and shoot from that angle. And it, it's really important to work the scene. If you, if you think there's something good there and special, chances are you're not going to get it on your first shot or the first place you set up. So analyze the surroundings. Look at, look at where the light's coming from. Look at what the important part of the subject is. And, um, and yeah, don't be afraid to take um, a lot of photos, but don't take the same photo over and over because <laughs> then you just end up, you don't, you don't end up with anything different. Uh, move around, take a couple shots from each location. And uh, like I said, I use a tripod because a lot of that stuff I want to have perfectly still. Um, and uh, I'll use a timer on it. I'll set it up, let the timer go, especially for shooting at night or for shooting high dynamic range photos where you're actually, the camera's taking three images and you want those images to line up perfectly. 
Uh, you can do it handheld. The software will help you blend those photos. But ideally, keeping that camera as steady as you can. If that's a tripod, sometimes I lean up against a wall or I'll, I'll push the camera up against a post to keep the camera steady. Uh, or, you know, if I'm out without a tripod, I'll just set it down on a rock and just balance it, um, preferably in a way that it, if it does fall, it won't damage the camera, it'll just fall over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, be creative with, um, with where you put the camera. Uh, shoot, shoot from high, shoot from low, and just try to see what angle really brings out the most of that subject. Um, my typical day, I don't know, um, I'll shoot sometimes up to 2,000 photos a day. Uh, that's after a full day of walking around or if I shoot an event. Um, that from there, it's just, uh, I, I toss them onto Lightroom. I, I keep my, my Lightroom photos on a separate hard drive. And then I keep an identical hard drive that's just a backup. I have had an experience in India where I, it was, I take full responsibility but um, I, I crashed one of my hard drives and I, I, fortunately I was able to recover it. I sent the hard drive back to the United States and after all the shipping charges and recovery charges and everything, it was about uh, 1,700 US dollars to recover. And that was recovering about three months worth of photos and videos. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't recommend you do that. Always keep it back up. <laughs> uh, for video, um, right now I'm doing more tutorial stuff uh, for Lightroom. I still find I'm a little uncomfortable on camera. Uh, you know, you look at the camera and it's it's staring at you and it's it's hard to break over that, uh, that barrier. But um, as I do this, I'm doing a little bit more vlogging and I just try to shoot throughout the day things that I might I think are important. And then I'll either at the end of the day, uh, throw it into a timeline in Premiere Pro, um, or I might, I might gather uh, footage from over three days and say, okay, here's the video from when I was in Chattanooga for a period of time. And uh, sometimes I make it into a travel video, which, which highlights the location. And sometimes I'll make it just about my activities and what I'm doing and what I'm thinking and that sort of thing. But I've got to say, it's, it's not a, an easy and fluid thing at the moment. It's still, I'm still on a learning curve, <laughs> but it's fun to do. It, and when you, when you produce a video and, um, you know, you watch it, it makes you smile. Then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I feel good about sharing this. And then you just cross your fingers and <laughs> throw it up for the world to see. <laughs> yeah, not only does it make you smile, but the power of YouTube and getting out there and getting those eyeballs through video SEO, you can do definitely inspire people. And of course, there's the YouTube ad and then there's the, you know, uh, working with tourism boards, etc. So uh, curious to know, what is your vision uh, forward? Uh, you're going to be in the US and Europe, a test year and beyond for your travels, for your business, for your life and more. Well, um, I plan to travel for about a year now, uh, give or take. Um, in that time, uh, like right now at this point, I, I'm still not recovering all of my costs. So uh, I'm still living off savings to a degree. And so my goal for this trip is to get to a point where I at least break even. 
And um, from there, I'll see. Um, I'm thinking after a year, I'm going to want to take uh, some time to settle in one place for a while. I found that after I travel uh, for a long period, I, uh, I get a little burnt out and I need to kind of calm down and just become familiar with a location for a while and ground myself again. Um, right now, I really want to keep traveling until um, I can't travel anymore. Um, I do have some health issues, um, so that's always a concern. I've got uh, a peripheral neuropathy where my, my the extremities of my body, like my feet and my hands, are starting to go numb, and I'm losing strength. So um, a lot of what I do is based around whether I think I can actually physically manage it. Um, and that is going to probably what decides when I stop traveling is if um, I just don't feel comfortable uh, getting out there and, uh, and uh, you know, if my balance is off, things like that. That's probably what will slow me down. But who knows? Maybe by then I'll just buy an electric wheelchair and cruise around. <laughs> that as well because uh, there are a lot of obstacles in terms of travel sometimes it's the money health sometimes it's the kids uh, it could be a multitude of reasons but you're obviously living proof that you can conquer those obstacles uh, the finances what's about the health uh, because I think that's the area uh, that can definitely prevent people um, what have you done to overcome the health challenges in terms of your mindset in terms of the obvious ailments uh, walk us through that in terms of uh, overcoming the health challenges you've had um, well, with, with the condition that I have, they, um, they say there's nothing they can do to treat it. The only thing is to lower stress levels, uh, drink less alcohol, eat healthy food, and then moderate exercise. And actually the, the health issue was really, I never really viewed it as an obstacle, uh, so much as incentive to do it where I was working and I, you know, you work in, in the United States at a, at a, in a job like I was doing, you're working a lot of hours a day. And for the 10 years that I was here, I, you know, there's not a lot of notable things that I can remember that I did because you're always, or I'm always working. And I just figured, well, it's, uh, you know, if my health is doing this, then that's kind of like, all right, I need to, if I'm ever going to do this, it's going to be now. Um, so it, it really, uh, it really pushed me towards um, the lifestyle that I have right now. Um, there is, uh, I mean, there is a, a coming, coming along with that, there is um, depression. So um, that is something that I deal with as well. And I try to keep busy. That's, I notice if I just get a little too, uh, uh, if I'm in a location and I don't have things to do, definitely the world tends to spiral. So by keeping active, and keeping meeting new people and keeping projects going, that tends to, uh, to keep me more excited about what I'm doing. Um, aside from that, um, I'm not doing much to, um, to alleviate. I, I do have to take painkillers. It does, uh, there is um, a certain amount of pain that's associated with this. So aside from that, um, that's basically the main medication that I take these days. And uh, yeah, um, it's one of those things I have to be aware of but I'm trying not to let it uh, inhibit what I'm doing. Thank you so much for being so real, so vulnerable, so transient today. This is the reality of life, uh, the reality of business, the reality of travel is that you will have 
challenges guaranteed. Yes, it will. It, uh, it could be family relationships. Uh, so you know, like people might see on social media, oh, these world travelers, these. But beneath the surface, there's so many challenges. I've gone through depression. We go through these financial ups and downs. I go through fighting. My kids throw tantrums. Uh, uh, you get burnt out, like you mentioned, when you're traveling and you need those times of stillness and uh, living the normal uh, life where you don't have to pack up and pound pack, check in and check out. So I'm uh, that's we love and open about this digital nomad journey that's it's not how it is on social media that there's uh there's many layers beneath the onion surface closing yeah. uh we've covered a lot of topics on the show here today uh, photography videography health etc uh if people have further on your travel journeys uh maybe learn some photography videography how are the different what are the different ways that people can connect with you um, you can get me on Instagram at uh, Kier Briscoe. Um, I think it's Kier underscore Briscoe. I'm not sure. I have to check. Um, I'm on Facebook as Kier Briscoe. My website or my, my travel blog is earthtokier.com. Um, my photo uh, blog is pixelbip, spelled P-I-X-E-L-B-I-P.com. And that's pretty much what I'm doing right now for social media. Um, I'm trying to, I don't really, I'm not really on Twitter. I'm, well, I'm there, but I don't really keep up with that. I found Instagram consumes enough of my energy already. And, uh, and Facebook is literally a waste of time. I try to avoid Facebook as much as possible. Yes, <laughs> that we connected through Facebook and we're doing this podcast interview through the power of Facebook. So, there's definitely benefits to all the platforms, but there are so many platforms. There are so many platforms. It's so hard to manage them all. And uh, for me too, I'm on like Pinterest. I'm on quote unquote Pinterest. I'm quote on uh, so yeah, active on there. I love Facebook. I love Instagram, um, t Twitter to some degree, not as much, but uh, you know. Then uh, so Kier, it was definitely a joy, honor, and a pleasure to have you on the show here today. Uh, thanks again, and I wish you the best in your travels and into Europe and beyond. Thanks very much, Ricky. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. And uh, same, maybe uh, let's keep in touch, and who knows, maybe I'll uh, see you in a country near you. <laughs> yes, I look forward to connecting, as they say, IRL in real life. Exactly. Uh, I'll have those. Uh, if you're interested in uh, picking Kieran's brain more, uh, he's definitely a great wealth of experience and expertise, and he'll be happy to help you out in your own photography and videography journey. Uh, so definitely reach out to Kieran. I'll have those links below on YouTube if you're watching this. If you're listening on iTunes, the podcast out. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode, and we'll catch up with you next one. And happy travels.